Judge retort. The revolution will not be televised. Hello and welcome to the Grudge Retort. My name is Dan O'Brien and I'm still alive. I am too. Eric Blair is still alive. Danny Macias is still alive. Barely. <laughs> Barely. We are all Barely. We're, Barely. All, we're all kind of alive. The sun came That's up true. yesterday. The sun did. did come up. Yep. I saw a butterfly and it wasn't protesting. <laughs> oh, a non-protesting no. butterfly. Was it a red butterfly it or a blue? Probably should though. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm with butterflies. You're with butterflies. Absolutely. Well, so, yeah. so what's been going on? I I've, I've been a little busy with work, so I haven't been able to catch up on the news. A- anything wow. happen? No, no, just well, I think all the pollsters were right. I mean, it was a yeah, business yeah. as usual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, all okay. hail the all wait. hail the 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 coronated one. Yeah, wait, wait a minute. I'm looking at the news and what? something unexpected happened. That can't no. be right. Wait no, that can't be right. Did Trump win? Who? Trump won? Is today April Fool's Day? Donald Trump won? What? Wait now, a minute. Are you trying to tell me that the clown car is parked at the White House? <laughs> it apparently is. <laughs> what? Yeah, Hil- Hillary's giant moving van of baggage is not parked there. Well, but I, the they're, clown they're car held is out at there. the gate apparently because <laughs> she thought she was moving in. Wow. But we called that way back yeah. when 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 Bernie yeah. Sanders was losing the nomination due to Hillary's and the DNC and Debbie De- Debbie Washer Washerman <laughs> you Washerman been, Schmidt been, uh, Washer Messer Schmidt Schultz w- Wasserman. Schultz. So, yeah, when <laughs> back when back when her and Donna Brazil and the DNC when, rigged the election, when they were busy flushing the Democratic Party down the right. toilet, when they were busy <laughs> yeah. ruining the country, uh, the, yeah. yeah, we we called them back then. We said, hey, if you nominate Hillary Clinton. Trump will win. Yeah. We said that way back when. We actually did say it. We've and we got the tapes to prove it. Yes, and since since she got nominated, we were really trying to say, okay, well, maybe she can have some semblance of a case, and right. maybe because she helped Pied Piper in Donald Trump, maybe, just maybe, she might eke out a win. Yeah. And she didn't. She did not. The, I, I think the only candidate that that Donald Trump could have beaten was Hillary Clinton. And she's the yep. one who got nominated. And uh, let's just jump right into the blame game because the blame yes. game is already uh, happening. Who do we blame? Yeah, we knew yeah. that the, the, we knew yeah, the Democrats yeah. were going to start blaming other the, people. The, and yeah. and the, Dem- the Hill bots are, are not going to be blaming Hillary for the of loss. Of course not. It's n- it has nothing to do with no. her. They're nope. blaming the fact that she was a woman. I saw that. Yeah. Okay. So she was a woman, so she lost. Okay. Uh, uh, America is racist, so she lost. Okay. Uh, but misogynism, misogyni- yeah, they said, they said you know, a lot of but that stuff. on this show, I know we, you know, hindsight is 2020. I know that. But on this show, we've talked a lot about her weakness as a candidate in general. That's right. And that came home to roost, I think. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, those weaknesses were what beat her in the end. And what we said way back when Bernie was still uh, in the running was that, you know, she's got way too much baggage that the Republicans were going to hammer her on a daily basis and that everybody who disliked the Clintons and the way that they do business in in Washington, D.C., they're going to hammer her. Yeah. And yeah. that, you know, that the Republicans hated her. And the, and the actual exit polls came out that 90 percent of all Republicans 
were obviously voted re- Republican mm-hmm. because and they hate her so much. And, yeah. and the day before or even the day of, they were saying that 26% of certain groups of Republicans were going to be voting for Hillary Clinton. Yeah, that didn't uh, Well, there, there we go, the polls. The polls, I think, actually beat Clinton, too. Is that yes. the big story for you, Danny, is how wrong the polls were? That, uh oh, getting a call. Is that HRC calling in? Oh my God, I don't know. Do we the know how to answer works. the phone? <laughs> <laughs> I can try. I Let's don't know. Put them on there and get ready to shut them off quick. Oh, yeah, shut that yeah, off. Shut that, off. That, that was yeah, yeah. That was asking that, us that we want to change phone long, long distance phone <laughs> that, companies. Yeah. It was it was Donald Trump. <laughs> can you please call back? Yeah. Maybe Hillary was upset, so she was calling us. Yeah. So um, well, she's got free time now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the yeah. So the the polls were way off. Uh, the pundits were Nate way off. Nate Silberman was yep. way yep. off. Okay, can, my, can, my can I speak Silver? to that one just sure. for a second? Is yeah, that five, the five thirty eight or whatever? Five thirty eight. Okay. So this was five thirty wrong. What kind of a bogus <laughs> poll says that well Hillary Clinton has a 87% chance of winning and Donald Trump 13 and yeah. then you can never be wrong it's like the weatherman so whoever wins that that 538 poll is correct because it's like if it rains and the weatherman said it was 80% chance of being sunny yeah there was still 20% chance of raining <laughs> yeah i mean what yeah. kind of a what kind of a bs poll is that i don't yeah. understand well, that it, kind it, of it, it's, information it's not a poll it's well, a kind of a moving average of other polls moving and average of other data polls and all that stuff but how yeah. is that helpful for anyone though it isn't it, yeah. uh, you know uh, i've learned it had it, no it had no bearing in reality yeah because even the even the trends i mean everything close Closes towards election day. Everyone kind of comes home and starts voting for the, the unless they feel the Johnson. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But you know the the polls were tightening anyways as a natural occurrence. But I think uh, this was different. The the momentum clearly swung in Trump's direction. Right at the end, he had the excitement, the momentum, everything that you saw at the Bernie Sanders rallies early on uh, before the primaries were over. You saw at the Trump rallies well, at the end of this campaign, with the except that at the Bernie Sa- Sanders rallies, you didn't see the hate. Yeah, but right. yeah, yeah, you, you, the, yeah. the momentum um, unless, part. Yeah. Unless, yeah, I'm talking about the they excitement. were planted in there by the <laughs> yeah. by the opposition, yeah. which we did find yeah. out that Hillary yeah. Clinton's uh, yeah. campaign were planting people and making them look like uh, yeah. Bernie in Bernie Sanders yeah. groups. So yeah. I, I think just as far as the blame game goes, I know there's a lot of hurt right now. I know uh, Hillary Clinton supporters are, are dejected, and a lot of my friends are. Are a little worried about not just a Trump presidency as far as policy goes, but what that means for them, like the sure. America that that represents. And I can see the worry. I mean, I can understand that. Well, it's also being drummed up. Is it Trump <laughs> calling us back? It's also being drummed up by the media. I mean, as I was watching it on, I believe it was early in the morning on, on at the day after uh, yesterday, Donald Trump early in the, the morning, and the people. Uh, hello, you're on the air live, Kaku Radio. Hey, aloha. I love your show. First time uh, caller, long time listener. Oh, cool. Aloha. Hey, how you doing? Welcome aboard. Is this uh, Donald Trump? (laughs) Well, listen, you know, we're we're always looking backward. We're trying to analyze and figure out what happened. The big thing is, is we got to move forward. And what I see about this is the reason people voted is because they're so upset with the establishment. What better way to throw off the establishment than throw in this... um, pain. Right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So we so feel the your good pain. thing is, is like we can, if if Hillary got elected, a lot of people probably would have sat back and relaxed. And right? and, and Everything stayed asleep. Is the way it is, we're yep. going to be fine. Kicking the but can down the road. Now we got this crazy guy in there, and if we as people, as citizens, don't step up 
and keep on him and keep on the government to make the changes that we want, well, then that's what we want to do, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Did, you, uh, did you see kind of a, a, a vote for Trump as, as just burning the House down and, and the electorate wanting to start over and just, you know, kind of uh, flame out the establishment and just burn the whole thing down and start from scratch? Is that how you see that? Well, I, I see it as a lot of frustrated people. A lot of people who lost their job, lost their pensions. We're frustrated with the establishment. We're frustrated with the old boy network. And what did we have? We had Bernie Sanders or we had Trump? Yeah. And that, that's kind of what the theme has been. As far as, far as those people, we didn't get Bernie Sanders yeah. because the establishment came in and said, no, we're going to do things the way we always did, and it's going to be Hillary. Right. And, yeah. and, and people were just so upset. I mean, you had people saying, never Hillary. Yeah, yeah and, and, you know, a lot of people are saying now, well, at least Hillary didn't win. Yeah, yeah. yeah. pretty scary what, times. What's your, what's your take on kind of this n- narrative that's taking shape now about uh, blaming Bernie Sanders or blaming Bernie supporters uh, for, again, for again, Hillary's loss? I think loss. we're looking backwards. So you, uh, you want to look we got to look yeah. at the situation in front of us, and we've got to say, okay, people, what can we do to motivate ourselves to, to prevent him from doing too much damage? Right, and, right. And, you know, a lot of people blame the government. Well, the government is the people. We are the government. Right. It's our responsibility. We are the citizens. And if we don't take an active stance and start writing our senators, writing our congressmen, writing our council members, and getting in there and standing up for what we want, then, then we're in trouble. And I think Trump is going to ignite the country to unify in some way to, to prevent him from doing the horrible things that he said in his campaign which who knows if that's going to come to fruition. Right, yeah. yeah. It could have yeah. just been sensationalism to fire up the electorate right. to say, hey, I'm going to do crazy stuff to get voted because sensationalism rules. Yeah, yeah. it was definitely a, an, you know, a movement on his part, on Trump's part, to get $3 billion worth of free media. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah, he, he would say outrageous things and, and get on TV, both mm-hmm. on liberal and conservative television. So yeah. he, he uh, ran he ran the, the table on that respect. Right, and he's still going to run the table. He's still going to take advantage of yeah. everything he can. But, again, yeah. it's up to us to move forward. You know, we can't sit here and just lick our wounds all day. We've right. got to, like, move forward, and what, what can we do to prevent him? Yeah. And I think motivating the populace, motivating the citizenship to do their job and be citizens and stay after the government, you know, and stay, what do we want? What do we really want? Do we want to frack in our public national lands? No. Yeah, of course so, not. So yeah. I, I see it as a motivating thing. Ah, good. It motivates us to get off our, our butt yes. <laughs> and do something, you know. We can't just sit back and go, okay, the government will take care of itself. They'll do what they do. Yeah. No, it takes, you know, look at the uh, Dakota Pipeline. Yeah, right. yeah. Those people are out there doing it every day. Yeah, that's so a good thing. Thank, motivational. Thank, motivational. That, that's a really good point. Thank you so much, caller, for hey, uh, for day, uh, having a positive outlook and looking forward. That's what we got to do. Man. We All agree. Right. Take care. Take care. All right, so about, it's all about, over, the, ele- people, about the election. Game over, dude. Game over. <laughs> that, he was talking about what we were talking right before the mics went on right. is that people that are getting, that are taking to the streets or that are communicating with each other, this is actually waking people up. Right. And once you, once you wake up, you're not going to go back to sleep in the same, to the same degree. So now the people that are upset for Trump winning or whatever, whatever the case may be, their candidate didn't win, they can use that energy and put it into constructive, constructive, um, you know, for, for constructive purposes. Yeah. And what, what, what Dan was bringing up earlier about how there's the blame game going on right now, and a lot right. of folks are all over social media blaming 
you know, blaming Bernie supporters, right. blaming independents, blaming white males, blaming everybody, right? right. Uh, instead of Hillary and instead of the DNC. But the the fact is, is that if if we want a better turnout, because that's another thing they said, oh, the turnout was miserable. Well, if we want a better turnout, put forward better candidates. Mm. Yeah. The second thing is. You, you want an engaged populace? Well, get rid of the corporate-owned two-party system. Mm-hmm. And you want a better country? Get rid of greed-based economics and money and politics. Until then, basically bad-mouthing people who don't vote is purely misdirection. Yeah. So all this stuff about, you know, um, you know we, we need to blame certain groups or certain people or people who didn't vote or weren't engaged or whatever, hey, we've got to change. And so what the engagement is going to be from here on out is going to be activism. It's going to be selecting better candidates. It's going to be selecting... Selecting candidates at every level of government that are more progressive. It's going to be looking forward to 2018, 2020, coming up with ways to to fight against this backlash that basically the the establishment and corporatocracy right. wants in this country. And, we don't want that. Right, and don't and don't let the coronation of certain people drown out the voice of of the public. Right, you know. Right. So, yay! <laughs> There you go. But yeah, so the caller said that, that the caller was right. We need to move forward with the much better, much better uh, work to be done. You right. Know, we've got stuff. We've got stuff that we have to do. There's yeah. There's more important things to do today than blaming everyone yeah. except for yeah. the DNC and Hillary Clinton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I you know I mean I I know there there's this uh, wish to look forward and move forward and I and I take the the caller's words seriously right. on that. I think that's a it's it's kind of pointless to look back and it say is. whose fault is it that this certain candidate lost or won or whatever. But I think it's important to learn from the experience and my hope is that the DNC uh, learns from this experience and realizes that when you have a an, a populist uprising that's that's really excited about a certain candidate and he res- the the things he's talking about resonates with the voters in a way that they didn't with the other candidate right you got to go with that flow you you have to follow the the stream in that sense and go with the voters man go with the people who are who are supposed to be leading your party in a certain direction you got to listen to them but but he was speaking out against the establishment though and yeah <laughs> the establishment you know it's it's almost like it I don't know. It's almost like trying to well, change the the rules at any kind of job that you're at. Yeah, it's so well, hard. Well, the, the, there's the, a lot of inertia. The the one thing that I silos. Looking back now, you can kind of credit Rance Priebus, the the Republican national. Oh, I, I always chairman. do. Oh, Rance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rance. Yeah. Is Who is that? Rance or Rance? <laughs> Ran, it's Raunchy. Raunchy. Rancid. No. Rancid Priebus. He he uh, would not leave Donald Trump's side, even though people in his own party, the establishment people, were like saying, "You got to dump." this guy he's right. he's just crazy he would not do it politically that paid off for him but i think he recognized that that's where the republican base was going uh was with this kind of candidate and uh he he didn't see a winning game in fighting against that and i think the democrats they saw a winning candidate in hillary just because of the the largesse of her of her presence and her money machine right. and she had the right connections. She had the right connections. Right. She was very politically connected uh, in the Democratic Party and around the world. She had the money. She had the 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 voter the, turnout. She had the media effort. media in her pocket. She, she did have the mm-hmm. media. Yeah. She had everything behind her 
But she was a weak candidate. Yeah, yeah she was just a weak the candidate. Yeah. yeah. So just in stepping forward on this stuff, um, we put up on the Grudge Retort Facebook page, we shared a few articles. So if you want to look back and and see how we got to this point, there's a couple of good articles Some out there. Some really good articles yes. that were... I think very well balanced and really. Yeah, I think they, so. It, it, yeah, they, they did examined, a good an- analysis they of what it. happened. And uh, one of them is from Sean King, and he put uh, his article is uh, you can find it on the Grudge Retort Facebook page. Is uh, the Democratic Party deserves blame for electing Trump? That's the title of that one, hmm. and it has a pretty interesting analysis yeah, on that. What's and, the what, the, and what's read the take it. on it's that? Actually, I, I, read, well, I, I, I just thought I'd share that we do have okay. some articles if somebody wants to go and look right. in depth. Yeah. It's a very long because he usually has some pretty uh, thoughtful and wise things to say. Good, right. good insight. Right. right, and then uh, uh, we also have a Bill Moyers piece that's Farewell America is what it's entitled, and that's, then that's that's more you know on the on the fear mongering <laughs> side. It is. It is. Danny had a take on that, but yeah, we wanted to we be can't fair repeat and that on the air. Yeah. Fair and, uh, unfair <laughs> yeah. and unbalanced on that. Yeah. So, but yeah, and then the other one is we did put up the 2016 uh, election exit polls that were posted by the New York Times. So we put that up, mm. and then one the one of the ones that I really thought was very interesting was a Medium article that was called "Dear Democrats, Read This If You uh, Do Not Understand Why Trump Won." Great. And so art- there's are some really yeah. good articles that you should go back and take a look at on the on the Grudge Retort Facebook page. Yeah, the and and the exit polls might tell a story, but there's one uh, statistic. Again, this is another poll, ah. uh, but there was one statistic. I saw from this poll after the election, and it it was an exit poll question, and it asked, um, number one, if you feel financially secure uh, between four years ago and now, and uh, if, you know, based on that, who did you vote for? And they found that 79% of people who did not feel like their uh, wages were increased or did not feel financially secure voted for Trump. 79% of those people and, and you got to believe that a lot of those people would have been going for Bernie if he was on the ticket. Now, right. I, now, I know that people, uh, as far as like the blame game goes, I know that Comey's name has come up. Mm-hmm. But has anyone also been talking about Obamacare itself? That opening up those letters a couple of weeks before it's time yeah. to go vote and seeing that you're, you're pre- you know, that you have to pay, you know, you know it's. $500, a month. Listen to this story. Just from this morning as I was coming into the studio, I met my first Trump supporter in person. My Your first you openly, they're, they're co- openly, openly, they're, they're openly, Trump they're coming out of the woods. It's half now. the people we know. Yeah, and, so, and they, we, they, they, they haven't, they haven't revealed themselves well, yet. Well, it's good that they're finally coming out of the closet yeah. because yeah. we do need to know. Yeah, well, we need to have their perspectives yes, heard. No, right. and listen to her. So perspective. we can identify them. <laughs> <laughs> no, to Danny's point, listen to her her perspective. Oh, a uh, woman our age. Did she go to college? She went to college. Okay. Well educated, upper middle class, I would say. Uh, successfully runs her own business. Okay. Takes care of her whole family with her husband. In other, in other words, she's American. Two thousand two thousand dollars a month insurance premiums to cover her family. Oh my Two thousand, and yeah. and they're set to go up. So what kind of deal is that for America when it's when it costs two thousand dollars a month? It's a deal for insurance that's companies. What Bill, that's what Bill Clinton called the craziest thing yeah, he's ever heard. Even or Bill Clinton, like and, yeah. and it is crazy because she can't afford that, and she's working hard doing Who well. Can? And I think that is the story: is it comes down to economics and finances, you know? So what you're saying basically is that this person that you that you met um, basically is paying twenty four thousand dollars a year. 
for on healthcare for healthcare yes. and the average income for hourly wage earners in America is twenty nine thousand dollars a year. So what you're saying basically is that she pays, um, you know, almost seventy five percent or eighty percent of in, in, in insurance that what a normal person makes. Yeah, and I think the idea of Obamacare was you you kind of charge the uh, higher income earners to subsidize the lower income earners. But the fact is, those subsidies are, are, are a trickle, <laughs> and lower-income earners still really can't afford Obamacare, even with right. a subsidy. Right. And the higher-income earners are getting uh, uh, charged so much that it becomes financially uh, impossible for them to keep up with those payments. Yeah, I don't so know how the they figure out those. are off. Yeah, the formulas are off. I, I, don't, I don't have a problem with the idea and the concept of people who can't afford to yeah, pay more just, should. Yeah. I don't disagree with that. What I, what I disagree with is that their formulas are really skewed. Yeah. Because I know lots of people who are having trouble paying $900 a month for their insurance when they're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. And so when, when I mean, one of my friends, his insurance went from 300 to 900 and he couldn't afford the 300. So, I mean... <laughs> and now it's 900. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, well, yeah. it's scary. And I think, Danny, that's your that's really your point, is th- there was a lot of noise and things going on in this election. But it, it a lot of times it comes down to very simplistic things, like health insurance costs. And right before the election, people getting hit with a huge premium increase. Right. That makes a difference because it's real. It, mm-hmm. It's not this stuff that you hear talked about on... You know, all the talk shows and pundit shows, it's real stuff that every American faces every day. And there was some of that some of that in the subtext of what Kellyanne Conway was saying when they were trying to uh, when she was being, you know, grilled on a liberal program. And it's it was there. Right. And the economic concerns are huge. Absolutely. You can't count them out. We need to think forward. And so maybe when we get back, we should talk a little bit more about what the uh, first 100 days of a Trump presidency might look like. That sounds good. And we might even have a special guest in studio. Yes. We're so glad that Trump can make it. Day day one, he sends me to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) It's already started. It was nice knowing you, buddy. Uh, You guys were great. Yeah. Nice knowing you. Si, senor. All right, we'll be back with more Grudge after this. There are many good reasons to call the cops, but here are 804 reasons not to. I'm Bill Newman, and this is the Civil Liberties Minute. 804. That's the number of people police officers have killed in America since the beginning of this year. About three a day. Two sociologists... Matthew Desmond from Harvard and Andrew Papakristos from Yale have recently concluded a study about the effect of police shootings. Their study of Milwaukee confirms what the people of Ferguson and Baltimore have been saying, that after reports of police brutality come to light, guess what? People in the communities who have been victimized stop calling 911 for help, or at least they don't call nearly as often. In sum, the effect of the police brutality on the community is the further victimization of the community of color. The recent New York Times piece by the authors of the study mentioned the Milwaukee cases of a man boot stomped on his face whose fingers were snapped and had pens pushed into his ears. And before that, the black man shot in the back. And before that, the man handcuffed and shackled who died in the back of the police wagon. And before that, the mentally ill black man who was suffocated while being handcuffed. And before that, the black man shot in the back during a police raid. And before that, the black man falsely There are, of course, of many good cops. But it's long past time that law enforcement stopped covering up and condoning police brutality. The Civil Liberties Minute is made possible by the ACLU because freedom 
can't protect itself. Eighty-eight point five FM KAKU, the voice of Maui. Welcome back to the Grudge Retort. Uh, we just kind of spent the first segment looking back and doing a, a, a quick analysis of what happened, and maybe now is a good time to look forward, like uh, that one caller suggested, and see what a Donald Trump presidency is going to look like. Yeah, and b- before we do that, let's talk a little bit about uh, what U.S. Senator Bernie Sanders just said on his Facebook page. Oh, what, what, what's that? What did he Quote, post? unquote, we cannot be a party which on, on one hand says we're in favor of working people, we're in favor of the needs of young people, but we don't quite have the courage to take on Wall Street and the billionaire class. People do not believe that. The Democratic Party has got to decide which side it's on. Wow. And Danny, what did what did you say in response to that? The Democratic Party did decide which side it was on, and that's why they lost. <laughs> that's yeah, right. I think yeah. that's a, a really good point. And, you know, I, I, a lot of uh, people, even Michael Moore kind of bit his tongue and, mm-hmm. and, and supported Hillary in the end uh, just because she was slightly closer to him on issues than Trump was. He thought of Trump as an existential threat uh, to the country mm-hmm. and to the values and, and things he believes in. But that's the fact right there. But I he think. called it too. He did. He was he was worried for a reason. He was one reason. of the few people. Well, he he saw he's from Michigan. He saw all these Rust Belt Democrats out of work, living in poverty, no no future right. uh, hope for anything coming back. They were frustrated and these are Democrats, you know, that they, they just kind of gave up on on the party that kept feeding them lip service. But never really doing a lot for him, and you know I think that's kind of it. It came home to roost this time. They they finally couldn't count on the support that they always counted on to get over the top uh, from this uh, working class Democratic uh, old Democratic Party, you know. Yeah. Uh, because of what Danny said, because they decided what side they were really on this election. That's right. The hope is moving forward. As uh, Trump gets into office, the Democrats will make adjustments, hopefully, realize that the mistakes they made cost them the election and the Senate and the House, uh, and hopefully they'll they'll adjust and move forward, you know? It, so, well, yeah, we do need to talk about what Trump is going to do and what – at least what allegedly he's going to do. And so we brought in our resident expert on all things politically – And – and, and listener <laughs> – and our and our one listener besides yes, besides yes. the caller that just besides our yeah. oh they take turns the <laughs> caller stopped listening when Shaggy started listening yeah it's yeah. funny we never see a listener and Shaggy in the same room nope. so they must yeah. be that's really funny isn't yeah, it they but must be just secretly to, the same person yeah. that's right but just to let everybody know who this is this is Shaggy Jenkins from the Shaggy Jenkins show which is a fantastic show that I listen to every single day and you should too yes welcome, wow Shaggy wow welcome Shaggy no pressure whatsoever okay <laughs> yeah it's all on you it's all your fault so. So what insight can you give into what the first hundred days of a Trump presidency might look like? Okay, well, well first off, let's, let's just go ahead and, and reiterate something important. When, when it comes to administration changeovers, 100-day plans are usually put out there, especially when you're changing over administrations from party to party, to kind of show Congress and um, – the public where you're going. A lot of these measures that are on 100-day plans actually never see the light of day, mm, yeah. but it's also important to note them because they give you the tone 
of the incoming uh, administration. You can actually see where they will fall on certain legislation by their first 100-day plan. Right. Now, with incumbents, it's a little different because a lot of their 100-day plans um, are Happened continuations. Yeah. A carryover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're you know, hey, we, we're, we're this far on my initiative here. And, I, you know, the example that I'm going to use today is that people forget that a part of Barack Obama's 100-day plan has continuously been in the news year after year after year after year, and here it is. He's got two months left, and that one like staple item of his first term's 100-day plan will never get accomplished. Guantanamo Bay. Taking away my guns? I was going to say Guantanamo. It is Guantanamo Bay. Never got accomplished. But... And taking away the guns never got accomplished They never took away my guns either. (laughs) But but remember, that Guantanamo Bay... I'm going to take away Eric's guns. (laughs) I'm going to shut down Guantanamo. (laughs) I was like, why would anybody want to take Nerf away from Eric? I'm telling you, right? (laughs) I mean, really, the only guns I have is my dog after he's ate a bowl of chili. (laughs) Or after you've been working your biceps... Look at these. Look at these, these guns. guns. Yeah. I've got guns. Gun I'll be show. back. I feel so physically inadequate on this show. <laughs> well, you are. Uh, but, but you're but you're mentally superior. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Mentally superior, superior somewhere anyway. That's where it counts. <laughs> Right. Well, who is my agent? Yeah. Who, who, yeah. Who, okay. who booked him All right, on yeah. this yeah. Well, you're getting paid. You're worth every cent. Let me just I know. You. Yeah, why are we roasting our guests? <laughs> I know. What are you guys doing okay, here? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Well, nobody knows that behind the scenes because the Grudge Retort and the Shaggy Jenkins show are based in the same studio. Yes. There's a lot of behind the scenes banter between the two shows. Yes. And a lot of the ideas that you guys do on this show, I'll either take and research <laughs> in different directions yes. for my shows or I'll just listen to it and go, oh, God, Eric's going off again. Yeah. <laughs> It's going to be five minutes of this, and then we can get back to reality. It's it's a it's a love to hate relationship. <laughs> it, it, it really is, and and one of the reasons why is because the two shows actually explore a lot of the same stories on opposite ends. And one Certainly. of the things that we've been talking about over the election is the public perception of Trump on my show versus the actual policies and things that he has done. On your show, mm-hmm. and it was been it, it's it's always been this nice little back and forth. It's so a complimentary relationship. Yeah. Yep. Coming together for this story, I thought what I will do because coming on my show later today, I'm going to go through the and and what I'm calling this segment is the first 100 days of Trump's infeasibility. <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. Um, because this is something that and the caller brought this out when you change your perspective from looking backwards to looking forward you actually start opening your eyes up to a lot more realities. And in Trump's 100-day plan, what we see is the realities of a guy coming from a corporate mindset trying to apply to a government paradigm. Mm -hmm. And this is going to be huge. So what I'm going to do on on, on the grudge retort, the fine grudge retort here on the uh, (laughs) Pacific Sludge Bowl or whatever we're in. Um, The garbage patch. Yeah, the garbage garbage patch. patch. Uh, I'm going to read you the six... Parts of his plan, and I want you to tell me whether or not, A, it's a good or bad idea for the country, because we have to analyze these policies for the country, not for our own personal preferences, and B, what is the feasibility of getting that measure passed? Okay, let's do it. Yeah, let's do I'm it. Game. Let's All right, let's, st- let's start off on the first one, because uh, back in October of 26, Donald Trump gave a speech in Pennsylvania that outlined a 100-day plan, and among those was these six measures. Measure number one is a constitutional amendment proposal 
to impose term limits. Who wants to take this? Mm. I think it's fantastic. Well, I, I think I think that um, in light of a Trump presidency and the fact that uh, Danny is of Hispanic heritage, that he can't vote. So, what do you think? <laughs> oh yeah, Where do, yeah. Is that on the plan? Like, you might as well read that no, one no, first yeah. because so, I'll uh, be in Mitchell Khan uh, so enjoying. <laughs> Danny, Delicious. don't believe the hype. It's not on there. Tacos. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah, so, so, <laughs> so, Danny, you say yes to term limits. Yes. Daniel, what do you say? Uh, I say it'll never happen, but I do believe that term limits are a well, good Well, you've got to answer the first question. See, this is why this show is messed up. He answered the second question first. Wait, okay. Well, well, what's well, the first what question? What was the first question? You first question, good or bad idea. Question good idea. The, well, okay. I, actually, you know, oh. I, I don't know if it's a good idea. If you guys say it's a good idea, then I say it's a bad idea. Well, that's typically your your, your situation. Uh, I'm no, gonna I'm gonna go with Danny well, no, no, just no. because Danny. I'll tell you why I think it's a bad idea. Can I okay, do that? Good. Yeah. yeah well, no, go. you can't. Uh, very quickly, I think that, that wasn't one of the two part questions. But <laughs> all right, okay. All right. No. <laughs> well, no. I, just real quickly, I think a lot. <laughs> Okay. A lot of what happens in Washington is based on relationships, and those are built over many years. And sometimes, when you want to, let, let's look you at mean Barack like Obama. Like, well, <laughs> he built some I'm relationships not, via text. I'm not touching Weiner. Uh, that's what I heard. <laughs> so look at Barack Obama. He had no relationships in the Senate because he was a new he was a new guy, and he uh, didn't have any kind of working relationships with these guys, and and it cost him. I think in the beginning they didn't know him they didn't trust him there was no kind of sitting down with a group of fellow senators to get stuff done he was too new and he he was kind of a fresh face he didn't have time to build these relationships now i don't think people should be in there for 40 years i mean i think that's kind is of is it wrong. about relationship building or is it about working for the country but but you to, know like but who to, cares if these people are comfortable you know i don't really you got to get things done right. man yeah, but you know what if, yeah. if if one senator could get things done without the other four, uh, 99 then you have a point but you have to build a consensus with other people to get things passed and Except you can only that, do that with relationships but, but so, you might be you might be putting doing a favor where you're going to call that back maybe 20 years down the line but if you're not going to be in there well, for 20 well. years then you might actually be doing what's good for the country yeah so the only i, I would agree t with you to a certain extent that there needs to be a working relationship between senators and congressmen yes, and whatnot. Yes, me too, of course. However, if you look at the history of the United States Congress, they have been in there for many, many, many years. They've got the good old boy syndrome already way down, and it's been stagnant for 40 years. And so I'm for change on a more rapid basis, whatever that means. Yeah. So so when you say term limits, can you give a a, a term of that well, term limit? Well, let's look at the constitutional uh, term limits for the president. Now, they were not put in until FDR started uh, rising right. to what a lot of people during World War II referred to as the new American empire. Yeah. And FDR as king of America. So the Congress, of course, panicked and said, we can't have a, a king, so we have to enforce term limits. And those term limits are you can serve two consecutive terms back to back, take one term off and serve one further term and never be eligible for office again as president. Now, in the event of a wartime or something like that, or let's say a natural disaster, a president can actually serve up to 10 years mm. before they are ineligible for office again at that level. Ten consecutive years. Ten consecutive years. But it's, what about Congress? Now, see, that's just it. Congress doesn't have any 
limit. Yeah. See, now I don't agree with any. I don't agree with any. I think right. there should be some limit. I know there's a lot of, of a House of Representative uh, representative people that have been there for way, way too long. So, some guys like Strom Thurmond in there. He ran against you know. Harry Truman. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he barely. No, he did. No, he literally ran against Harry Truman. See, and that's what I, I, I agree it with was you guys. Before television that. sets. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And he's still around. So, so yes, I guess I would agree with term limits, uh, uh, For depending Congress. on how yeah. long the, the limit is. Okay, now let's go with the second part of that question. Can that happen? No. No. No, because, <laughs> because they've been in too long. That, that, yeah. would, that would be that's like. part of the problem. Yeah, this that, is part of the problem. That would be like Congress voting themselves a pay cut. Which yeah. will never not happen. No. happen. It's, like, <laughs> it's also like Congress taking money out of politics. Yeah. That's not going to happen either. Gonna yeah. happen. So. Now, now, here's the sick thing. We may or may not be right on that wrong vote because this is a constitutional amendment, and it doesn't necessarily have to start in the House or the Senate. Oh, so it right. goes back to the states for It goes back to the states and the governors. Right. Yeah, right. okay. All right, so let's, so let's move forward and do we'll this. We'll see. We'll right. see. Yeah, that, that might be something. I don't have yeah. high hopes for that. Yeah. Now, now here is... Now, remember when I said that part of these six measures sounded a little corporate? Let's go into the first corporate-sounding measure of Donald Trump's 100-day plan. And this is measure number two where... He is proposing a hiring freeze exempting military, public service, and public safety positions to reduce the federal workforce through attrition. So Good or bad plan? Oh, God, you're looking at me first? Should, well, we should figured I explain you, They were talking about means? the government. No, yeah, no, no. no this, is, this, is, <laughs> yeah. this is what happens in a big corporation when they, they want to cut their costs. Yeah, they just keep the – They keep the. They don't want to pay They retires. don't want to pay severance. Yeah, somebody mm-hmm. retires and then yeah. they keep the position empty instead of rehiring. Yeah, they, they downscale that position. Yeah. And well, why shouldn't they do it? We all got, we all got to do it in the, in the working world. I don't, I don't think it's a yeah, horrible idea. How many jobs idea. are you doing now, Shaggy? Like five? Uh, yeah, five. Yeah. Yeah. And you're doing like seven? Yeah, right. We're all doing like five jobs and getting – paid for one this is what happened after 2008 there you go why why aren't they feeling why why do they get to live off pork now see this is what danny is illustrating here is the dynamic that we don't realize happened in a lot of voters minds during the election Mm -hmm. where they start looking at some of this stuff without the rhetoric of oh he's horrible or she's horrible or Mm -hmm. benghazi or grabbing them by genitalia (laughs) And, and you start to look at the plan and you're like if this came from someone else I would actually think this is sensible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this is the part that a lot of Americans don't understand about this election is, is once you take away the crazy, there's actually some stuff that you go, oh, crap. <laughs> that might be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So uh, Eric hiring freeze, reducing federal workforce through attrition. No, I don't like it. You don't like nope. it? Nope. No, because uh, I, I think it's a bad idea to just arbitrarily say that every government agency doesn't need people, and so we can just let them go. Mm. I think it, it could be done surgically. I mean, like we have a, what is it, $350 trillion military budget, so I think, yeah, we could probably cut a few over there. But he exempted uh, military. Military service, public right. safety, and public service all. Yeah, so basically the police and the military are right. exempted from so that. So that doesn't make any sense <laughs> to me, so I'm saying no. Ah, uh, Dan. Yes, I, I, I would uh, probably agree with Eric on that. If if it's exempting the military, then I would say no to that. I do think that uh, uh, attrition might be a, a fair way of reducing a little bit of the government spending, but in reality it's probably a very small amount. Yeah, it's a, the, the government still has – I mean the military still has you know warehouses full of $900 hammers. 
Yeah. So we need to get rid of that first. Yeah. If we're going to cut the government budget, we need to start with the military. Yeah. Okay. See, and see, that's the thing, too, is like a lot of people, when you look at some of these measures, they're okay, but they don't go far enough. Let's go to measure three so we don't run out of time here. Uh, this is This one is kind of something that a lot of people, like I said, if it came from somebody else, you would say, wow, that actually makes sense. Or this sounds like something that a CEO, not a president, would uh, put forward. And measure three says they want to propose a measure that requires for Every new regulation on the books to pass at the federal le level, it must eliminate two previous regulations. In other words, downscaling of legislation. Hmm. I, I, I don't tend to agree with blanket rules like that because I think each situation is, is very specific. It has its own merits. Yeah, yeah but um, I can see – I mean I know there is a lot of uh, complaints about overregulation in the Obama administration. Um, I know firsthand some of those regulations do kind of get in the way of certain day-to-day -day operations of businesses and in people's lives. Uh, so I'd have to look at that, but generally I don't like blanket statements like – like that. Uh, so well, I would, yeah, I I would mean, say no if I had to get down to it. It has a little bit of a hint of saying, well, we've got so many laws in the books. Let's get rid of two old ones and give us one new one. But the problem is that we have so many bills that in order for them to pass, Congress makes deals and slips into those bills junk. So if we're going to keep putting in junk and pork and other kinds of crap inside of our bills – and then trying to get them to pass, then I'm going to say no to that. I don't like the blanket thing on that. But when we get back, let's talk more yeah, about yeah, this Yeah, let's stuff. take a quick break. And Shaggy, uh, can you stick around and go through the other uh, measures? Sure. All right, let's do that. Let, let's <laughs> go through the other busy. measures. Uh, we'll be back with more Grudge. Uh, Shaggy Jenkins, special guest in the studio. On the way, stay tuned. Bob Dylan has won the Nobel Prize for Literature. I'm Bill Newman, and this is the Civil Liberties Minute, made possible by the American Civil Liberties Union. And deservedly so, for his songs of protest and freedom, and his condemnation both of racism and militarism. I'm your masters of war. Hear the build the big guns. His music and words gave us raw depictions of our world. Is Cinderella sweeping up on desolation road? And sometimes sorrowful ones as well. It's a hard rain. We're gonna fall. Dylan's artistry insisted on honesty and authenticity. Like a something at the core of our being and we gazed upon the chimes of freedom flashing dylan has always insisted that he was not the spokesperson for his or any generation so let's not burden the artist with some moniker he has always disdained but rather celebrate the man and his music and its message KAKU 88.5 FM, the voice of Maui. The voice of Maui! 
Welcome back to The Grudge Retort with special guest Shaggy Jenkins in the studio going through a couple of uh, things we might expect from a Trump 100-day, uh, first 100 days. We might. When, so does let, he, when does he gold plate the White House is what I want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Was that part of the first 100 days? That is not in the plan. Okay. Okay. Yes. Now, All right. Yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, now, keep in mind that the, these are just six measures that he's proposed. There's also, in the first 100 days of the Trump administration, seven initiatives that he would like to plan. And, and we don't have time to go through that. No, we don't. But, but there is a lot in a 100-day plan that a president uses to set the tone for what their administration is going forward. And so far what we've seen on this one is uh, we've got the hiring freeze to downscale federal government. We've got uh, term limits for congressional uh, members. And then we have the uh, one that we just went out to break with, the one that requires for a new regulation to pass, it must eliminate two previous regulations on the book. Yeah. I, the, the, my final thought of that, and Danny, do you have any thoughts on that? Because I don't know if you got a chance to speak on that. No, it just sounds suspect. Like, I don't know what they're going to be eliminating. But, you know, if they, can, if they can target it towards the pork or the writers, you know, like... Yeah, the, that's a good point. You know, let's, like, have kittens and puppies, you know, law, but then they tack on a writer, let's take Eric's mm-hmm. guns, too. Yeah, that's I don't want work. them taking Eric's guns. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no Nerf guns. I do, I do want the, the puppies and the kittens, but I don't want them to take away Eric's guns. Yeah, All right. and I really don't have any. But. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so what's next <laughs> on Moving on. Yeah, which, by the way, before we do move on, oh isn't it God. great that social media is back to puppies and kittens now that the election is over? <laughs> yes. It's yeah. all food and puppies and yeah. kittens and And yes. blaming Bernie supporters. That's, it's all over the place. <laughs> It's back to where it was about five yeah. months ago. Yeah. You know, it's Good great. Point. Well, yeah. God forbid none of you post song. about lemons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there were some very phallic lemon photos I hear going around the Internet. But anyway. Yeah. All right. So let's go to part four of the uh, six measures that Trump proposes in his first 100 days. Gotcha. Uh, this one is kind of an interesting one because, like I said, CEO versus politician. Uh, fourth year, uh, fourth measure is a five-year ban on White House or congressional members becoming lobbyists after they leave office. Only a five-year? Only a five-year. I, I would agree with that. Absolutely. I think I think any any limit on when a former politician can become a lobbyist is a good thing. Yeah, but once again, it doesn't go far enough. I mean, they should, they should get a free gun. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's a good start, though. I mean, you know. Sure, I, it's a know, good start like Obamacare. Well, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny because Obama, oh Obama put a limit on hiring lobbyists in his administration, and he actually had a really hard time filling positions because he couldn't find anybody because that all, wasn't a that's lobbyist. That's right. They're all over the place. Right. You know? So he, got, he started to get uh, They're criti- like cockroaches. He started you to just get can't criticized get rid of for not filling positions. Yeah, that, He's like, but I said no lobbyists. It'd be yeah. great to do that. I, I like it. I, I like this yeah, one. I like that one. It'd be great to do that as long as we can outlaw uh, lobbying, uh, financial lobbying of Congress, period. Mm. And we should never allow a, uh, a somebody who's in office to deal with lobbyists at all. Well, you know, one of the funny things is, as long as we're talking about that, yeah. in none of these measures do you hear anything addressing super PACs. And super PACs, right. of course, every two yeah. years rear their ugly head to introduce a... Uh, lopsided financial model 
to the political process. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it does make things a lot more convoluted than they need to be. But nowhere in, in these plans, of course, Republicans, of course. <laughs> there's no scale back or mm -hmm. uh, regulation on these uh, these 503s. Um, that, of course not. Yeah, the super PACs. Yep. All right. So everybody on that one is saying, okay, yeah, it goes okay, but not far enough. Let's go to measure five. Because this one is something that Eric just said. He used a word that it comes up in this measure that is going to shock you. Lifetime ban on White House or congressional office uh, official uh, officials. Could I you, cannot talk. Could you today. start over again? Officials. Officials. You know. <laughs> let's just say that it's been very hard on my liver since election day. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that I can hold myself stable during this show is. You sound miracle. like my Grammy after Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Probably smell like her too. Uh, there is a lifetime ban on White House or congressional officials becoming lobbyists for any foreign country. Agree. Danny? Agree. Wow. Wow. You you guys both agree? Oh, absolutely. On opposite sides of the desk, we have agreement. Ladies wow. and gentlemen, we've witnessed a miracle. Donald Trump bringing people together. Wow. Yeah, I have, a, I have a real problem with any former U.S. government official basically becoming a PR agent. <laughs> uh, like Manafort. For, for, like Manafort for a foreign right. government. I just think that's crazy, and I'm, I'm shocked that that's even allowed, but... Uh, but, yeah, yeah, I but agree see, on that. I'm going to disagree on that, and I'll tell you why. Here's what I disagree. I don't. Th I think we're looking at it the wrong way. Saying that an individual isn't allowed to go out and do something that's legal seems to me like it's completely contrary to what the Republicans or anybody would do. I think what we need to do is we need to say, hey, look, lobbying Congress should be illegal. Mm. Then it eliminates the problem. Mm. But when you come from the perspective of, oh, well, we can't, we can't let certain people do certain things. And we can also say, well, we shouldn't allow people to protest the Dakota Access Pipeline or whatever because, oh, well, we should only let rich people do that. Yeah. And then it will never happen. Ah. So, uh, and I, you know, once again, it defined lobbying, you know, I mean, so we could go down this road a lot. I, I'm going to disagree that, I'm, I'm going to agree that we shouldn't have lobbying, but disagree with that method. Mm. Well, mm. well, see, here's something that a lot of people don't understand about lobbying, and I'm, I'm just going to give a little sneak peek of my show ahead. Um, lobbying is more than just interest. It's a lot more to do with how to navigate government. And when these guys that have been serving in office and have been on subcommittees and stuff like that and are used to the bureaucracy and where do you go to get this accomplished and stuff like that are done with public service, their expertise to companies and to interest groups is invaluable mm -hmm. on the private sector. So once they're done with their public service, the private service that they provide isn't all evil and evil and evil. It's a lot more to do with, oh, you need to know where to file this. Well, you send it to this office. You know, It's a mm -hmm. lot more to do yeah. with that. Yeah, it's just more knowledge of the bureaucracy that you have to navigate. But it's also it's those relationships you were talking about about you know it's okay to have long term limits because they get establish really good relationships. Well, when those Congress people decide, oh now I'm going to retire, I'm going to go work for whoever China, Russia, Purdue you know, Pharmaceuticals, whoever, right, a pharmaceutical company, whatever. They already established those really long-term relationships, then they can get stuff done by making a couple phone calls to their golfing buddies. Yeah, that's what they're getting paid for by K Street, right. are those relationships that's what I'm that saying. they formed. Yeah. And that's what we don't want. 
Mm-hmm. So that's why when you say, oh, we don't want these people to do that, we're basically saying you can't go do something legal. Mm. So I think we should just make lobbying illegal. Yeah, because lobbying is dangerous. Now, you know this thing around supplemental vitamins and things? It's come up in Congress twice. One, as a very dangerous practice back in the 1990s, and then we all know how that went. Mel Gibson, a bunch of other celebrities. And these two senators, Hatch and uh, – let's see. Warren. Orrin Hatch and um, who is the other one? God, they're out of California. They both they both fought these measures. Okay, they fought them back in the 1990s, and then in 2012, when uh, Dr. Oz got mm-hmm. you know very popular as a snake oil salesman, they <laughs> brought the issue back again. And remember how we talked about congressional term limits earlier? Mm-hmm. Guess who were the two senators that defeated any sort of oversight? From the FDA into the vitamin supplement world. Orrin Hatch and the other guy. The same two guys (laughs) from the 1990s. I believe it. Because they are long-term receivers of supplemental income, you know, Mm -hmm. lobbying Mm -hmm. from this vitamin world and industry. Let me ask you a question about lobbying because, uh, to me, lobbying uh, doesn't equal money. Or contributions, no. because a lot no. of public groups lobby their members of Congress. So that that term lobbying is pretty broad. It's it's advocating for a certain cause or something you want the government to to take action on. It's the money aspect of lobbying that starts to uh, uh, become criminal. Right. And it's also access too, though. Oh, the other thing go. is, is to be an official lobbyist, you have to be registered. And allowed to lobby. Mm-hmm. And that means that when they have special access to Congress, not just anybody can do that. Mm-hmm. No. So, so that's the thing. So when you – that's the part that needs to stop is this special interest for corporations or whoever to have special access that the people don't have. Because yeah. we've already seen – and we've talked about this on The Grudge many times – how when they do studies to try to see the the relative effect that corporations have on policy versus what the public does, the public loses almost all the time and the corporations almost always win. That's due to the special access and lobbying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we've got one more measure and we're going to run out of time. One more. Okay. Go. So here we go. You, this you, is you the saved t- the best for last. I, I, I sure did. Trust me. This one, <laughs> this one uh, not only speaks to the paranoia of the right. He's going to build a wall, damn it. No. Okay, go ahead. No. This isn't the wall. <laughs> Remember, I said there's six measures and seven initiatives. The wall is actually an initiative, not a measure. Ah, the right. sixth measure that they want to pursue in the first 100 days of Small Trump's fingers. office, a complete ban on foreign lobbyists raising money for any political candidate office in the United States. Danny. A complete ban for foreign lobbyists to do any sort of fundraising for any U.S. official running for office. <laughs> I'm surprised you're thinking about this this long. Well, let's get Dan. I I agree with that 100,000%. But what if they wanted to raise money for Bernie Sanders? I still don't want a foreign government propping up uh you know, to me it's like the the, the Lincoln question about how Lincoln basically rigged the uh the uh, Republican convention for him to win. It was okay cuz Lincoln did it cuz he was right. fortunately on the right side of history. But that doesn't mean that it's okay in general. Okay, all right. Just, just, I, I agree with yeah. Trump's measure. Yeah. Okay, well, well, 
Yeah. That looked painful for you to yeah. do, Danny. Yeah, <laughs> no, I do. Yeah, well, I don't want to agree with everything Trump says, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're like, what's happening? Hey, I, I agree. agree. With, I think I've agreed with all six of them. I know. What's happening? Your your uh, hair's turning orange. His hair's turning orange. Look yes. at Danny has oh, orange no. hair. But <laughs> once again. Wait, my fingers are shrinking. My <laughs> fingers are shrinking. <laughs> Danny, don't grab me there. Now, hold on a second. Here, here's what you got to do. Just to bring it back down to home here, okay? So. Once again, we have another, another uh, initiative. What do you call them again? These are the, the measures. measures. Another measure that misses the point entirely. It, once again, we're talking about lobbying. We could have eliminated the last three that related to lobbying. With one. With one, which was to make lobbying illegal. And the issue is here is that when you say, oh, foreign governments can't do that, how are you going to define lobbying? How are you going to define that whole process because those a lot of those foreign governments own corporations in this country and a lot of those are invo deeply involved wait yeah for trump would a foreign government be like mexico indiana <laughs> <laughs> well, well here's a good example trump has lots of interests in other places oh definitely yeah as a matter so, of fact, he, he gets his wives from there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And no, it's really good. They send you a catalog. And, yeah. Wait, and didn't... And a now, bride. Yeah. Yeah, wouldn't that... Well, we, I, I don't want to talk bad about, about Melania. She's she's fine. She's I'm, an no, no innocent in all yeah. of this. I wasn't talking about that one. <laughs> yeah. I mean... But, oh, the other yeah, one. Yeah, he's had so many. Yeah. I mean, it comes down to define lobbying in that point. But anyway, uh, so yeah, I mean, what, what, what is going on? So yeah, I think that if we just eliminated lobbying... That would be the better way out to go. But Do we want foreign governments involved? Of course not. No. But can I say something very interesting about being on your show today? One, I had a fun time. Uh, two, I never thought that I would get into your show and have you guys agree with Donald Trump. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of freaky I, I to me, too. That's freaky this, to me. Well, this, this is the thing that everybody that's you know doing the moaning about right. the election has to remember. It's more about policy than it has ever been about people. And once we start to analyze policies, the future can actually still be a good place for us all to be. Yeah, I agree. So, Shaggy, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me anywhere. Find social media is served at Shaggy Live or through email, shaggyjenkins, gmail.com, and, of course, my own show, The Shaggy Jenkins Show. And you're on the Pacifica Radio Network as well, so yeah, it's pretty just awesome. Just like you guys. Yeah. You find us a lot of different places. Dave, thanks so much, Shaggy, for coming in and kind of giving us a primer on uh, the first 100 days of a Trump presidency. The measures. And we should talk about those other things at some other point. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there, there's some uh, – you, you said there's measures and, and then, then there's initiatives. initiatives. And, and the initiatives, I know, are – some of the hot button ones that we could be talking about. That'll be coming up on my show later All today. Right, a little so teaser listen there. to that. All right. And I'd like to give an update. My first grudge was against uh, Pat McCrory of uh, Yeah Yeah. He is he is losing by five thousand votes. Uh oh. And, and he, he wants to count it. every vote, but maybe maybe someday soon people can use the bathroom <laughs> hey. and not have to worry oh, which a, one. It's a yeah. North Carolina. North Carolina baby. That's some shaggy. You going down, Pat? What's up? You know, I could just imagine some of my friends there saying, eh, he won't them ballots counted, boy. Hi. Yeah. Yeah. One. That's one. Yeah. Hey, it's going to have to be done at some there point. all yep. day? Yeah. You're going to go get me some tea. That's yeah. two. Some, yep. some Appalachian tea. Hey, he can tea. draw it out as long as he wants. He's losing. <laughs> Some Long Island tea. So there was a little bit of uh, a bright spot. Oh, uh, yeah, I saw that, and I lit up. All yeah. right. Well, there's lots of bright spots in this election, so don't forget to think about that we did have uh, specifically six 
uh, female, um, six women who won historic firsts this year. So we'll talk more about that maybe in the next group. And two, yeah. and there were two women on the ballot. Yes, that's so for right. president. There yes. you that's go. That's huge. So those are really good yep. things that happened. And this one, time and one of them won more popular votes than the uh, than the that's her right. opponent. So there you go. As far as we know. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we got yeah, yeah, we do have to you throw know, that I in there. Say, <laughs> don't believe the somebody polls. Somebody needs to call the oligarchy that's because right. they really botched this rigged election. They did. They yeah, really botched it. Oh, God. All right. That's it for us on The Grudge today. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we will survive. <laughs> Life goes on. The sun will come up tomorrow. And thank you very much again. And uh, please join us next week on The Grudge. For Danny and Eric, have a great weekend, everybody. <laughs>